0: jesus oh let's give him praise today i love you jesus i love you jesus
1: i praise you jesus come on all over this house lift up his name and praise him all over this house lift up his name and praise him hallelujah oh hallelujah for the lord he is good his mercy is everlasting hallelujah hallelujah come on that's it let a praise rise up out of your soul today hallelujah to god blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord oh it feels so so refreshing to be in the house of god to be in the presence of god oh i love you jesus And I love you forever, Lord. I love you forever, Lord. And we love him because he first loved us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're so glad you're here today. God bless you and thank you for being here at Tree of Life Church. We know the Lord has a special blessing in store for you. And God is so good to just bring us together and let us lift up his name together with one accord in one place. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of our God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I would like to turn your attention this morning to the book of Psalms, and I'm going to read from the 51st Psalm, Psalm 51. And I want to just kind of just kind of jump a little bit through this great Psalm of old. Psalm 51, verse 1. We're going to also read verse 2. We're going to read verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, and verse 10. Psalm 51 and verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Verse number six. Behold, thou desirous truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse number nine. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart oh god and renew a right spirit within me i just want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on this subject lord make us clean lord make us clean amen why don't we just lift up our voices unto the lord together our hearts ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word lord we thank you for this gathering of your people And we thank you for this opportunity to open the word of life, to receive from your presence, your spirit. I pray, O God, that you will speak to us, minister to us. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of our God, for you alone are worthy to be praised, and you sit high upon the throne. And I give you praise today, Lord. We worship you in this house. You are the Lord of this house, and we worship you and magnify your precious name. We pray, Lord, you'll do just as we are preaching and praying, that you'll make us clean. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. We do want to remind you that we are encouraging you to wear your mask. We, As you move about the building, the we're still under a mask mandate, so we'll want to be mindful of that as we continue uh, to make our way through these next several weeks. God has been good to us hasn't it? Amen. Amen God has been so good to us and we give him praise and we give him glory and we give him honor. Amen. Hallelujah for his many blessings Amen. Uh, much has been made of the idea of cleanliness lately. Cleanliness has Become top of mind to everybody. Good luck finding some Clorox wipes. If you find some, no, in, in all seriousness, if you could let us know, I I would just fire me a text. Something we're we're everybody here is in the market for that. Supply and demand is in full effect. A uh, little more on the demand side, a little less on the supply side at this moment, because people have become super aware of the need for clean because of invisible viruses, bugs, little things that the eye cannot detect, little things that the natural senses of mankind is unable to perceive. Sometimes a person may feel a little bit like they are obsessively compulsive or compulsively obsessive, however you want to phrase that, in terms of washing their hands and cleaning their surfaces and disinfecting this or that. And, uh, and then, of course, we thought that before we would call somebody a germaphobe. And <laughs> now everybody's a germaphobe a little bit. The surgeon wears his mask, cleans his hands, he doesn't even touch certain things after he prepares himself to enter into the sacred area of a human body. The the very form that God crafted from the dust of the ground when opened up, it's a miracle that that body can be opened up and the person can be anesthetized and work can be done to remove and to correct and to bypass and to to alter disruptions and dysfunction within the human body. But to enter into that realm of surgical operation requires utmost sterilization and sanitation. And so the surgeon has a very meticulous hand-washing regimen, and then there's no touching after that. It's all sanitized and there has to be a there has to be a process that goes into place and in the reality and the reason for that is because of uncleanness uncleanness the fact that invisible things do exist there are things that you cannot see you cannot detect you do not know they are there they are microscopic they are beyond the ability for the human eye to to, uh, register. And because of that, all precautions are taken. And we have experienced that more in the last several months, perhaps than at any time in our lives. President James Abram Garfield was the 20th president of the United States, and he was only president for about four months. He was one of the most brilliant presidents that we had and yet his mind was never able to fully implement his agenda what he had envisioned how he had campaigned because a a lunatic man a man who had had gone crazy shot him and killed him and and he was he was a madman and, and James Abram Garfield was the recipient of his, of, his, uh, of his wrath, and he died. But history lets us know that James Abram Garfield did not die from the bullet wound, or from the bullet itself. That it was several days, nearly 80 days, that he languished suffering from the bullet wound. The man that shot him actually later said, I shot him, but I didn't kill him. Because upon the shot, medical professionals converged on James Abram Garfield's body and began to dig at the wound with dirty hands and dirty fingers. No sterilization, no sanitation, no disinfectant. It wasn't, germs were not even really thought to be a thing so much back in those days. And James Abram Garfield was very recoverable. Historians have lamented the fact that he died simply because he didn't have to die. It didn't have to be a, a form of assassination. Yes, he was shot, but he could have survived had he received better medical treatment, had he received the kind of medical treatment that is offered today in terms of disinfectant. He died of an unclean wound, not from a wound itself. The infection raged. The fever spiked. And, and the man died of, of infection from uncleanness. Uncleanness is a real thing. And the Bible deals with it. In the Old Testament, the, the, the Lord dealt with his people. He had them in the wilderness. They had departed from Egypt. They were making their way to the land of promise. Now they were 40 years in the wilderness... And throughout that time, the Lord gave them a law. It was filtered through Moses, so it was the law of Moses. And this law of Moses had to cover every aspect of human life. Now, it was supposed to be a law on the inward part. It was supposed to be a law directly from God to the person. But it was not because the people would not come before the Lord in the mount of His holiness. And when you do not come to God yourself face-to-face in the mountain of His holiness then you are doing a great disservice to yourself when you let other people do the heavy lifting if you please of knowing God for you you do yourself a dramatic disservice Israel did themselves a dramatic disservice because of the fact That they leaned simply on Moses to do all of the talking, all of the praying, all of the seeking of the face of God. And they themselves did not know God the way they should have known God. And So this law from God through Moses to Israel became a very, very uh, far-reaching law. It dealt with every aspect of their life. So much so that it, dealt with every sickness that they would develop. It would develop with the contagious sicknesses and the plagues that would come upon them. Specifically, the the disease of leprosy was one that was uncontrollable. And in those days, they just simply were not able to deal with the, the matter of leprosy. But the priest was given a list of what leprosies existed, how they acted, how they transacted, and, and he, was, he was empowered and appointed by the Lord to deal with that leprosy and to see what it was, know what it was, and then prescribe the necessary prescription, which most of the time included isolation. Send them out of the camp for an extended period of time so that they are not contagious to other people. And this leprosy was a ravaging sickness. When people saw a person with leprosy or came upon a person with leprosy, they ran from them because they did not want to catch that awful plague, that awful sickness of leprosy. They were unclean. One of my favorite statements concerning God telling the priest what to to do concerning leprosy was found in the book of Leviticus when the Bible says that the priest would look upon the leprosy and if the leprosy was white and if the leprosy was sunken or if the leprosy was red or if the leprosy was raised or if the leprosy had spread across the skin every form of leprosy was a different type of leprosy and required a different type of of action to confront it and 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 in this case the Bible said the priest would do this or the priest would do that or the priest would require this or prescribe that or send them out or tell them not to isolate but just to get better. It depended on what the leprosy was. But my favorite, my favorite reference is in the book of Leviticus when the Lord said, but if the l- priest look upon the leprosy and it be thus and thus and the person has been sent out for seven days and 14 days and, and so on. He said the, le- the leprosy will go away and when the priest looks upon it if it looks like this the priest will say it is only a scab and pronounce him clean i love that it's only a scab because to the untrained eye it can look like a sore to the untrained eye it can look like a wound to the untrained eye to the to the to the uh, uh acknowledged and appointed eye it can look like something that it is not but to that priest who's anointed appointed empowered by god to deal with the matter of uncleanness he knows when he's looking at a sore and he knows when he's looking at a scab and when he's looking at a scab he does not treat it like a sore you are clean he would say hallelujah And hear this person who had lived in fear of what this leprosy would do to their whole body this person who lived in fear while they were isolated this person who wondered what would ever happen to them would they ever come out of this thing alive had their life turned down a dark road that they would never recover from but the priest would look upon them after their next examination and say it is only a scab. I, I want to tell somebody today that God can turn your sore into a scab. God can turn your wound into something healed, something whole. Ha? Huh? Something clean. God can take uncleanness and make something clean out of it. Uh, We don't talk about uncleanness today. The the, the natural uncleanness in the book of Leviticus is a reflection of spiritual uncleanness. And the Bible deals with spiritual uncleanness. The Bible talks about the fact that there are unclean things. Sometimes the Bible would be very specific when dealing with sin. and, And it would call sin out by name. There was no questioning what the Bible was talking about. And then then when it didn't necessarily have every single category of sin covered, it would would say it was unclean, unclean, unclean. In Galatians chapter 5, the word of the Lord deals with this in such a way. Verse number 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, and here it is, uncleanness lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before as I have also told you in time past. Here it is, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Uncleanness is not a thing to play around with. And I am I am specifically referring to spiritual uncleanness because anything that is not like God is unclean. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. It's because God is holy, God is pure, God is clean, His commandment is clean, His testimony is sure. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening. The eyes, the statutes of the Lord are right, hallelujah, and righteous altogether. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The Bible teaches us that God is holy. And not only does the Bible teach us that God is holy, but the Bible says, be ye holy for my Father in heaven is holy. Hallelujah. You, you, you're not holy according to the world's standards. You're not holy according to what is right in the world's eyes. You are holy in what is right in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. And it is a dire warning that the unclean will not inherit the kingdom of God. Anything in you that's not like God is uncleanness anything in me that's not like god is uncleanness ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1 be ye therefore followers of god as dear children and walk in love as christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to god for a sweet smelling savor but fornication And all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no room for uncleanness in the kingdom of God. If there is anything in our spirit, anything in our heart, that is unclean before God, it must be repented of. It must be turned away in our life. We must turn from wicked ways, unclean ways, any way that is unholy, any way that is unpure. We've got to walk away from it in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 35 is speaking of the great presence of God and the kingdom of God and this is what the Bible says and highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness the unclean shall not pass over it if you expect to have in this life uncleanness in your heart and go on to glory you have sadly mistaken You will not make it into that city with uncleanness in your heart. I know this isn't popular preaching. I don't answer to this popular culture, though. I answer to God. And I have to tell somebody that what's wrong with our world is that there's an unclean spirit loose. There's an unclean attitude loose. There's an unclean heart loose in the people of this world. Hallelujah. The Bible describes that unclean spirits go out of the mouth of the beast. An unclean spirit goes out of the mouth of the false prophet. An unclean spirit goes out of the mouth of the dragon. It's an unclean spirit that's loosed into this world. That's what's possessing our world. It is uncleanness. You can attach any kind of a word you want to attach to it. But at the end of the day, it is unclean. And it will not stand in the presence of God. It will be evaporated. It will be vanquished. It will be cast into the lake of fire. And if it is intertwined with your soul, you'll be cast in there with it. You've got to detach yourself from all things that are unclean. False doctrine is unclean, heresy is unclean, hatred is unclean, wrath is unclean, homosexuality is unclean, transgenderism is unclean, adultery is unclean, idolatry, it's unclean. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't hate speech, this is love speech. I'm trying to prepare you for a place called heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lust of the flesh is unclean. Lust of the eyes is unclean. The pride of life, it's unclean. Hallelujah. I don't point a condemning finger at anyone because all of us are unclean without the blood of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us are far from God. There, you'll not find a wagging finger at the tree of life, church. You will not find a holier than thou here among the people. There is only one who is holy. And if you and I have any access to holiness at all, it is because the blood of Jesus makes us clean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking when I say clean. I mean he'll make you blameless. I mean he'll make you innocent. I mean he will make you pure. He will take you back to before you ever committed a transgression. He will take you back to before you ever committed a sin. He'll take you back, hallelujah, to before there was ever iniquity in your heart, mind, body, or soul. He'll make you clean. Ah. hallelujah our world is dealing with deep and sinister perversion there has been a total desensitizing of the human mind and they have crossed one barrier after another they have moved aggressively past natural thresholds and have moved into demonic territory of rebellion against God. It is perversion. It is unclean. It will bring the judgment of God. This is not something we say with glee. When I preach on judgment, I preach judgment with tears in my spirit. When I preach on hell, I preach about hell with a lamentation on my tongue. When I talk to you about a, an imp. Judgment and wrath that comes from God. I do it as a watchman on the wall to tell somebody there's a day of the Lord coming where the judgment of God will spread across this earth, and only the clean, and only the pure, and only the holy will go to be with the Lord. You've gotten conditioned to uncleanness. You've let the world push you back from the divine standard of God. You've let the world push you back and into a corner where you don't know what is right, you don't know what is wrong, you don't know what is holy, what is profane, you don't know what is clean and what is unclean. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And if you've received the Holy Ghost before, you need to speak in tongues again. You need to pray through again so that God can teach you and God can show you what is right, what is wrong, what is clean, and what is unclean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know this deep, sinister perversion that has gripped our world is, is, is an uncleanness that comes straight from hell. It is a dog returning to its vomit. It is a pig wallowing in its mire. It is unclean. It is full of infection. It is full of parasitic activity. It is full of destructive, corrosive, uncleanness. And and it seems when you look at this world that there is no hope for it. It feels like it is helpless. But that also is a lie from the devil. There is no perversion so strange that God can't make you clean. You might have crossed lines in your activity and behavior and sinfulness that you think you can never come back from. But I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Ah. By God, the devil and his minions are trying to put labels on you because of your uncleanness. But we plead the blood of Jesus, and we declare unto you the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Ah. Hallelujah. I don't care what you're known for. I don't care what your reputation has been. I don't, I don't care how many people can point at you and say that's what they do and that's who they are. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, behold, behold. All things are become new. Oh Hallelujah. He can cleanse you. He can cleanse you from idolatry. He can cleanse you from adultery. He can cleanse you, hallelujah, from perversion. He can cleanse you from bigotry. He can cleanse you from prejudice. He can cleanse you. He can wash you. Hallelujah, he can purify you in the blood of Jesus Christ. And when I say he'll make you clean, I mean he'll really make you clean. It won't be some kind of a whitewashing to try to make it look good. But underneath a bunch of corruption and corrosion, he'll clean you on the inside. And he'll clean you on the outside. He'll turn you around. He'll pick you up out of the miry clay and set your feet on a rock to stay. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Jesus looked at those Pharisees, and he said, You have managed to clean the outside of the platter, but the inside of the platter is still unclean. He said, You have managed to be whited sepulchers. In other words, you've really made a grave look pretty but inside it's still full of dead men's bones. It's still corrupted. It's still overgrown with all of the uncleanness of decomposition. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible says we are dead in trespasses and sins, that doesn't just mean that we're not alive. That means everything about death. That's what we are. There. If you could see in the Spirit what we are without the regeneration of the Holy Ghost, without the redemption of the blood of the Lamb, without the cleansing and washing of water by the Word, you would see us crawling with worms. You would see the effects of decomposition. We are unclean to touch. We are unclean to come near. I want to tell you the way that we do ministry and evangelism. The reason the world can't do it is they don't have the personal protective equipment to do it. They don't have the kind of equipment that can prevent them from catching the virus of those who are spiritually unclean. When they walk into an environment where people are unclean, the virus gets on them. They try to put some kind of a covering, but the covering is ineffective. I want you to know that when we walk into this world, we're covered by the blood of the Lamb of God. Uh, I'm going to preach to you today. Take unto you the whole armor of God. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God having your loins girt about with truth, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, praying always, praying always, praying always. Tree of life, we can't do what we need to do unless we're praying always with our prayer and supplication in the spirit. This is the right personal protective equipment. And we're not afraid of the virus of sin we're not afraid of those who are engaged in ungodly and immoral behavior we preach Jesus Hallelujah. And when we preach Jesus, every chain has to be broken. When we preach Jesus, every bondage, I said every bondage. You can't imagine a bondage that the blood of Jesus doesn't have the power to break in an individual's life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'll cleanse you on the inside. And He'll cleanse you on the outside. And if you're full of hypocrisy like the Pharisees, He'll cleanse that too. Hallelujah. You may look the part, you may look like you got everything together. You might have to have it down pat to where when people look at you, they think they really have it all together, but on the inside, the Lord knows what's happening on the inside and David the great psalmist i would love to bring you one of his just thrilling psalms a psalm about the lord being his shepherd a psalm about the lord being his light and salvation a psalm about him running through a troop and leaping over a wall about him trusting in chariots and not trusting in the lord not in chariots or horses i wish i could i wish that's what i was talking about today but but, but I'm going to bring to you this psalm where he was more unclean than what you could ever imagine someone being. I mean, who does what David did? David saw Bathsheba, and he lusted for her, and, and he used his power as king to go and take her for himself. And then he had her husband sent purposely To the front lines of the battle said I'm gonna put him on the bat, and this was what he said so he'll die so he can die he he put him there and this man Uriah was loyal to David David I don't know what happened but his mind was so corrupted and his his soul was so inflamed with his lust for Bathsheba he didn't even see the loyalty he didn't even consider it to be anything worthy of acknowledgement and he sent Uriah off into the front lines of the battle, and just as he had hoped he died there and David was king who was going to stop him but along came a prophet his name was Nathan, and prophets don't fear the power of the king you know God will put you in God will put you in proximity to powerful people when you get there don't Get it mixed up don't forget who you are in the exchange you're not a celebrity you no, you don't have to compete with them and their money you don't have to compete with them and their fame you don't have to impress them with your clothes or whatever it is that you think equates you with them no they are bought into the riches of this world no no you are the prophetic voice of god Hallelujah. Nathan, don't go riding up into King David's courtroom with your Ferrari. Don't go, don't go rolling up in there trying to be something that you're not. You just let the prophetic unction of God flow through your mouth. And when and Nathan looked at David, he gave him a parable of a man with a lamb, one lamb, and 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 the other man had a rich man had many sheep. But he looked at the one lamb of the poor man and he said, I want that lamb. And he took that lamb from the poor man and carried it over into his sheepfold. And David heard the injustice of this and he said, tell me who's done this great tragedy, tragic injustice, and I will make sure that they pay for it. Nathan looked at him and said, I'm talking about you. That's what you did when you took Bathsheba. It was then and only then that David saw his own uncleanness you know it is really hard to believe you're unclean when you feel a thing it is really hard to believe you're unclean when your body and your mind is telling you this is what you feel you have to have the Word of God interrupt the Word of God has to put its finger in your face the word of God has to somehow stop you in your tracks because you feel something. And so, if you feel it, it can't be wrong. That's what the world tells you. The world is full of liars because the devil is a liar and he's the father of liars and if you feel a thing you you got to be careful with feeling a thing because the bible says the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things your heart is more deceitful than the serpent in the garden of eden it is deceitful above all things because it tells you that if you feel it it must be okay one song said if it makes you happy, then it can't be that bad. That is a lie hatched straight out of hell, ladies and gentlemen. You better dismiss that worldly philosophy, that unclean teaching, because you need God to show you what is clean and what is not. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord also, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord also high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Hallelujah. The seraphims flew in his presence having six wings, one set of wings covering their face, one set of wings covering their feet, one set of wings flying. And and he said, and and one looked at another and said, Holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken, and smoke filled the temple of the Lord. And he said, And when I saw all of it, he said, I fell down and said, Woe is me! I am undone! I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. And an angel took from off the altar a hot coal, a live coal. And he took it with the tongs. It was too hot to touch. He couldn't even touch it with his own hands. He had to use tongs to pull the live coal from off the altar. And he brought it down to where Isaiah was. And he set it upon his lips. Hallelujah. And he said, your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Before that happened, Isaiah had spoken woe to every sin in Israel. Everywhere he looked, woe, 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 woe. woe. But when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, he was finally able to say, woe is me. See, you don't see the uncleanness in your own life because you've not spent enough time in the presence of a holy God. It's the presence of a holy God that makes you see your own uncleanness. David was in the presence of the holy God when Nathan the prophet said, Thou art the man in this parable. And David fell on his face and said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy lovingkindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. In the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. That might be my favorite statement of the whole psalm. He didn't say, make my heart clean. He had lost all confidence in his own ability to discern right and wrong, clean and unclean. And he just said, God, I don't even have anything here. Could you just create a new heart for me? Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Hallelujah. I don't know what you've done, but God can make you clean. I don't know where you've been, but God can forgive you. I don't know what shame, what condemnation hangs over your head, but the Lord of glory is here to wash you whiter than snow. Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. Somebody lift your hands and receive the word of the Lord this morning. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it all over this house. Pray that prayer. Lord, make us clean. Lord, make us clean. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of our God. Come on, let God get down on the inside of you. Hallelujah. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to go down in the waters and let the blood of Jesus wash you whiter than snow. If you've never repented of your sins, it's time to find an old-fashioned altar and pray and weep before God and turn from wicked ways and say, Lord, I turn from my wicked ways. I turn from my sin. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, let the fire of God fall on you afresh today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah come on, we're not afraid of this world and its problems and its challenges. We are the tree of life. We are here for the healing of the nations. We are here to help people be made clean. Lord, you can make our city clean. You can make our nation clean. You can cleanse us from the inside out. Lord, you can get down on the inside and cleanse out our bitterness and clean out our hatred and clean out our unforgiveness and clean out our pride and greed and mistreatment and clean out all all of our our resentment toward others, you can do it, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands unto him right now. Lift up your hands unto him right now. All across this house, could you stand with me? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now I've put forth today, I've put forth a case that God can make you clean. We're in the courtroom of public belief, you can call it public opinion, because all that stands between you and this happening is whether you believe it or not, and whether you're willing to act on it or not. I wonder if there are any witnesses in the house that can say, he'll make you clean. He will make you clean. Ah. Pastor, I don't know how to stop craving it. Oh, he'll take the craving away. Yes, he will. It might even be a journey, but he'll take the craving away. Hallelujah. Pastor, I don't know how to stop being tempted by it. Oh, oh, he'll 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 deliver you from the temptation. He'll make a way of escape for you. Hallelujah. Lord make us clean lord make us clean pastor i don't know how to deal with the anger oh he'll take the anger away too i don't know how to stop hating he'll take the hate away yes he will he'll take it away give it to him today lay it down on the altar today put it out upon the on the altar and say lord make us clean could we do that right now we're going to take a few moments here we've got a few moments and we're going to seek god together all over this house you're welcome to come to the front We're going to physically distance, but you're welcome to come to the front and seek the face of God. But right now, we're going to sing unto the Lord, and and then there's going to be a sweet refreshing to sweep over this house. And as it does, you just let the presence of the Lord minister to you. You're going to feel like repenting. Go ahead and repent. Turn from it. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and let the Lord begin to forgive you. Get baptized in His name. Let Him fill you with the Holy Spirit. Come on, all across this house, let's seek the face of God together. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Lift your hearts to him. Lift your hearts to him. In the name of the Lord. Holiness,
0: holiness ah. is what I long for. What I long for. Holiness holiness is what I need. I can't, I can't develop it by myself, Lord. Holy. What you, want what you want from me. me. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: A leper in the Bible in Jesus' day. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all spoke of this leper. He came to Jesus and each of them recorded his words. His words were simply this: Lord, you can make me clean. He didn't know, he didn't know what to pray, he didn't know how to, he didn't know how to say it right. He didn't know what Know exactly what to ask for he didn't know what needed to happen first what part of the process is where it started or finished or what just he just said lord thou canst make me clean i want that to be our prayer today maybe you don't know where to start maybe you don't know how to fix what you're going through but why don't you just lift your hands to the lord before you go this morning and just say lord you can fix this lord you can make me clean lord you can you can wash me Lord, you can do it. You can do it, Lord. <laughs> Come on, that's it. That's where it starts right there. Hallelujah, Lord. You can make me clean. You can make me clean. Come on, all across this house. In the name of Jesus, holiness, holiness is what I, I long, long for. Come on, that's it. Tell him, Lord, you can do it. Holiness and I surrender to you. Holiness is what I
0: need. Oh